Ooh, feels like the world's coming to an end. All this crazy crap happening at once. Sitting there scratching your head going, man, what's going on? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I think the water's getting ready to boil. Wow, I don't even know where where to start, right? Take a look around at the world and you're thinking, holy crap, what next, right? We have catastrophic storms and tornadoes. We have political upheaval like never before in the entire world, right? The Ukraine's at war. China's looking at Taiwan. You got Joe Biden, Grandpa Joe, and of course you got Donald Trump. He got, uh, got indicted, I guess, today. Wow. Huh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think's causing it all? I think that's probably the big issue. We're all like, well, you know, think is this is this going to be the second coming? Is it, are you watching the sky? You studied Revelation, and there you are. You're like, oh yeah, this is it. I'm waiting for the locust. I'm waiting for the plagues. Right? How in the hell did we get from where we were, happy-go-lucky pre-COVID, to now we've allowed uh, our political figures to basically be blatant liars i mean they get up on these candidates they get up on stage and they tell uh, this group one thing and they tell this group the other thing and 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 the reality is is we're not calling them out on it i mean let's face it we morally we know it's wrong to to lie we know it's wrong to womanize and and do some of this stuff that's associated with most of these politicians and yet we're like you know i really wonder what's going on do you think the world is coming to an end i gotta tell you i don't think that's the case at all in fact When I look at it, you know what I see? I see frogs and boiling water. Let's talk about it. If you're sitting around wondering, worrying about the world, about the economy, about the cost of things, about your job, about all this craziness that's going on, you know, school shootings and and how angry people are. And you think, well, I I wonder what's happening. I wonder what's happening. What we're dealing with here is frogs in boiling water. So over the past 20 years, you have been part of a massive experiment. The experiment's called technology. The experiment is testing the boundaries of what it means to be a president, what it means to be a political candidate, what it means to be a representative, what it means to impact the lives of every American in the country and how far they can push the limits to get away with it. How do I know this? Well, let's just take a look at some scenarios and let's see if I'll let you decide because I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to maybe just inspire you to think. Let me just give you an example here. If I were to suggest to you 10 years ago, 15 years ago, hey, listen, listen, I'm thinking I want to put a microphone in your house. You'd be like, what? Yeah, I want to put a microphone in your house and probably a a camera too. I mean, why not, right? And I'm just going to listen to what you're talking about and what you're doing, kind of document your life. And, and every so often, I'm going to record some of it. And then the arrangement is, though, if I'm going to do this because it's my microphone, that basically I'm not going to be accountable to you for anything I do with that. Now, granted, you, you know you can trust me, right? You can trust me with that. So don't worry about that, right? But is, would that be okay? Do you know what you would have said 10 years ago? You said, hell no. What, do you, what the hell are you talking about? You crazy? And yet... How many of you have a, a, a device in your in your in your uh, house that is that listens and you say, "Hey, turn the lights on. Hey, set the temperature. Hey, who wrote that song? 
And of course, you get that satisfying response. And cool is you don't even have to get up out of your chair. You can just like, hey, here we go, right? Hmm. How did that happen? I'll give you, I'll let you think about that one for a minute. Let me move this conversation a little farther. Let's let's imagine for a second. Here's here's another suggestion, off the wall suggestion for you that you might not really want any part of, right? But what would you say if I told you, hey, listen, I'm going to ease your burden. I'm going to go ahead and raise your kids. I will teach them everything they need to know. All you have to do is sit back. You can still, you feed them, provide them with a place to live, but I'm going to be the source of information. They're going to learn how to do things, what to believe, what to think from me. Aside from a few of you, I think the majority of people, again, would say, no, I think you bumped your damn head. If you're scratching your head trying to figure out where I'm going with this, if you're trying to like, what the hell are you talking about? What is he doing now? I knew he was crazy. These are, these are legitimate questions. And the reason I'm saying they're legitimate questions is because we've actually accepted both of these dynamics within our life. And, and of course, I know you diehard parents who do everything right are saying, oh, no, no, my, I raise my kids. Do you really? Do you? I have two teachers in my family, and guess what? One of the biggest complaints they have is that a lot of their parents do not participate in in their education. I mean, you, to get a parent to show up at a parent-teacher conference is like pulling teeth for a lot of these children. And why is that? Because, well, you know, it's the school. We have highly qualified individuals that know exactly what we want our children to know when they get out of school and we want them to be successful of course so we, we hand that off you know we're way too busy in our lives and what am i what's my point what am i getting to here what i'm getting to here is that we we readily accept these subtle changes in our life until until the water starts to boil and that's what we're seeing now we're we're seeing it in in the political environment we're seeing it in the propaganda and the transition in the media from from a truly uh, information-based medium to a tool designed to ma- manipulate us. And, and in partly, the reason we can't accept any of that is because, well, it doesn't, we're, we're doing good, we're doing okay, or are we? Now, if you're wondering what the hell this has to do with frogs and boiling water, let me explain that to you. All right, let's go ahead and dig into this idea of frogs and boiling water. Here's a little tidbit you probably didn't know. Did you know that if you put a frog in a pan on the stove in lukewarm water and then you turn the heat on on that, on that pan that the frog will not jump out because the water slowly heats up and before you know it, the, the frog will actually boil to death in that water without ever trying to escape the water? That's kind of like what we're facing in our lives today. You know, I started out this conversation by suggesting some crazy ass ludicrous idea that I would be allowed to put a microphone in your house. And yet, how many of you have microphones in your house? You know, they got a, they put a cute little name and, and let's just talk about how that happened, right? How change is executed in our society these days. What they do is they give you an idea. They, hey, here's some technology. Whoa. Oh, wow. Check that out. Hey, this is what it does. Oh, that'd be so cool. Be able to just say, hey, lights, come on. And then they come on. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. 
and 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 they they throw these little devices out and and we're like we're like a pack of dogs we we sniff around the new thing in the room and and pretty soon we get comfortable with it and then it's then it's no big deal but here's the problem with that how many of us know exactly what is being done with that information and and that therein is our casualty right that is the, the that, that, that is the foundation for our own demises well you know i mean what could it hurt well, believe me, if a corporation has taken the time to develop a device that allows it to listen in on every conversation that's had within the space that that unit is, is, is located, and then to record that, and actually to use algorithms to look for keywords and all kinds of why do you suppose a corporation would decide that that is a really important tool? Do you think it's because they they really care about us and they understand how much of a pain in the ass it is to get up and turn the lights on and off with a switch? Hmm. And of course, the result is all of the rhetoric and this modification in the information we receive based on what? Based on the fact that when you have millions of people feeding information about their conversations, intimate conversations that they have behind closed doors about what they're thinking and what they're doing and what they're interested in, How difficult is it for a corporation to take that information and go, hey, listen, we got a million people and 500,000 of them think that Donald Trump should be the next president. What do you want to do with that? What do you want to do with that information? Hey, listen, we're listening to a million people and we're discovering that that most people don't give a shit whether the president is honorable or not. All they're looking for is a white guy. All they want is a woman. They don't care. What do you suppose they're doing with that information? And here we are, 2023, and guess what? Can you see the steam rising? Can you see the steam rising on that on that idea, that that thing? Oh, hey, this is a great idea. Let's put a microphone in our house. Let's let the internet track everything we do, and that way they can feed us the things we want, right? Hmm. I don't know. I also asked you about raising your kids. There's another frogs in boiling water scenario. Hey, uh, yeah, we, oh, oh, wait, 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 we get a cell phone. Oh, really? Everybody should have one. Oh, yeah, especially your kids, because then you can, you can track them on your cell phone, right? And of course, you're that good parent. You're the, you're the quality parent. You're the upstanding parent. You, you lock that phone down. My kids don't do TikTok. They don't, they don't get on the internet and surf porn. Hell no, I, I got it locked down with a super-duper lockdown device, that app, right? And even in that, there's a miss, an Ill, 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 ill-centered sense of, of trust, right? Because that, that lockdown device, that thing that locks your child's phone down, you're giving something up for that beyond the subscription cost. You're, you're definitely giving something up for that. But we're thinking, well, you know, but a kid needs a phone because that way we, they can communicate. They can call if they're in trouble. Which sounds pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, hey, I can call my kid. I can see where they are on the app. Yeah, that's okay. I know exactly where they're at. But what are we not thinking about? What are we giving up in, in return, right? And granted, you might you might just be that parent who is on top of your game. You've got that cell phone locked down. Your kid, all he can do is call on that phone. That's how good you are at what you're doing, right? Here's a problem. Over the course of a single day, your kid will come in contact with, what, 200 kids? How many of those parents are as diligent as you are? 
You might have a parent, I mean, I don't know, maybe it doesn't happen, but you might actually have a parent who's so consumed with their own drama in their own life that they hand the phone to the kid as a way to get them out of their hair. The kid's over there crying, I need a phone, I want a phone, okay, all right, get a damn phone, leave me alone, right? If your if your kid has exposure to kids who have phones, they have exposure to anything those phones have access to. You're, you lock your lock your kid's phone down. I guarantee there's someone in your child's class right now whose phone is not locked down. And I guarantee there's a 12-year-old somewhere who's readily working towards becoming addicted to pornography because of it. Is this a scary? Ooh. But that brings up a good point. If your child has access to the world, the world has access to your child. Early on, I suggested, hey, let me raise your ch- children. How much time do you spend with your children influencing, interacting, and engaging them as compared to how much time they spend looking at that screen? Oh, yeah, but that doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's not influencing them. Again, we're back to that scenario, frogs and boiling water. This, this chaos, this indifference that we see, the entitlement attitude of a lot of young people right now, why do you suppose that is? Or even let's just more subtle than that. Let's just talk about the fact that your grandkids don't talk to you on the phone. I call my grandkids on the phone and half the time they don't even know how, to, how it works. They're like, wait a minute, what, what am I supposed to talk into this thing? No, I, I, I type, right? I text, here, text me. And how do they get the ball rolling? Oh, they, uh, uh, what was it, Don Johnson, Miami Vice? The big old cell phones in the 70s, 80s. Oh, oh man, can you imagine having a phone where you could just like carry it around? It fits in your pocket and stuff. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. How's it working out for us? The reality is this. You won't let me raise your kids, but your child spends how much time a day taking in information, getting ideas, being influenced? Because let's face it. What are those ads designed to do? What is that information that keeps popping up on your phone designed to do? It's designed to attract your attention and influence your thinking. Bottom line. And here we are running, oh no, how can this happen? How can this be? How much information are we giving our children access to that we have no way to filter, no way to monitor, and no idea what the true impact of that information is on us? And again, we're back to that issue of frogs and boiling water. I think when it comes to our children and the decisions they're making... I think for a lot of them, I mean, when we look at what's happening in the world around us and all the chaos and the discontent and the, and guess what? I haven't even gotten to the scary part yet. Let's talk about frogs and boiling water. Now, I'm not trying to dig into a conspiracy theory here, but it's kind of funny how things work, right? And again, it's just a little bit at a time. Get them to accept it. You know, just get them comfortable with it. And then we'll go ahead and expand once they've all sniffed around it. You know, uh, that happened in most of these major box stores. There was one in particular. And I remember a few years back, they just put in this this kiosk, this these two stations or three stations. One aisle was just a place where the people who were really in a hurry and inclined to do it could check out themselves, you know, to make it more convenient for them. And the rest of the, when they first put these units in, you know, we all kind of like, well, I ain't messing, I ain't checking myself out, I ain't doing that, right? And, and, and then, of course, then someone says, well, you know, I'll use it. I ain't standing in that long-ass line. And, of course, it was kind of funny how, as they introduced the self-checkout, they reduced the number of cashiers that were 
checking people out, right? They kind of made that, created that dynamic where they created a backlog at the checkout. So all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not standing in line. Let's just do it ourselves. And, and of course, the initial rebuttal was, well, you know, we don't want, that's jobs. We're, we're giving up jobs. And what happened? Well, over time, they increased the number of self-service checkouts and they reduced the number of cashiers. And, and again, we're kind of back at frogs and boiling water. I got to tell you, if this crap doesn't scare you, there's something wrong. Because it doesn't just end there. That's just the beginning of it. Let's just take a look back at the past three years related to our political process. Again, in the beginning, in the beginning, the Republicans, and, and it's a big, it's a big, it's a big battle. We're on one side or the other. And what's really ironic about that is over time, we've actually come to believe all the bullshit that they're saying. And I'm talking both sides of the aisle. I'm talking anyone who's in political office. I guarantee no matter what their good intentions are when they first started, you know what you have now. You have a thieving, lying politician. And yet we... Over time, there were suggestions about how corrupt things are and, and these things that are going on. And, and the next thing you know, you've got this situation now politically where the idea of an autocrat is growing. There are actually people out there thinking, you know, you know maybe it would be a good idea for, for us to have just one person run the country that we can never get rid of. Kind of looking like that in Israel right now. Prime Minister of Israel, he's kind of getting threatened. Things are changing. He sees what's going on in the rest of the world. He's seen what happened and the manipulations that occurred in our, re, our recent, our, pre, our last presidential election, right? He, oh, I mean, well, maybe I can just set up some rules so no matter what happens, me and my friends can stay in power. How great would that be? Can you imagine how that meeting goes? Hey, listen, I got an idea. We're just going to take over the government. Screw all this democracy. Do you like being in power? Yeah, I like being in power. I like being in power. Do you like money? Oh, yeah, I like money. All right, let's do this. Let's just tell them we're taking over the government. Wait, wait. You can't do that because that'll piss them off. So what do we do? Oh, let's make up a story and we'll just kind of feed it out there a little bit at a time and, and get more people and more people to repeat our story. And of course, there is no truth, so they can't really fact check it. They're just going to have to believe that the election was rigged, right? They're just going to have to believe that Joe Biden didn't actually win. And of course, then we can get a bunch of people to run to the to the Capitol and to go to prison for it, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Better be careful. I think there's some steam rising from the water. Better be careful. Don't want to get caught in it when it starts boiling. Oh, yeah, I'm, I guarantee it. I'm pretty sure that some of you are thinking, now oh, you've lost your friggin' mind. But, but I ask you, have I really? I mean, you want to check it for yourself? You don't have to believe me because, of course, there is no truth, right? So, but check it for yourself. The next time you go into a grocery store, the next time you go into any environment where there are other people engaged in the activities of life, pay attention to how many people actually acknowledge you, how many people actually look at you. And of course, those of you who are kind of antisocial, the, the argument would be, well, you know what? I don't go in the store to talk to people. I go in the store to get my shit and get out, right? But when you think about the interaction, the level of interaction, and, and more than that, the level of comfort we feel for dealing with people we don't know, once again, we are talking about a manipulation of society based on the idea of throwing little seeds out there, planting seeds here and there, and letting them grow What's that about? 
Well, it's, it's the past four years. It's the Donald Trump era of presidency. It's the it's the pandemic. It's COVID. It is the election fraud. It is the culmination of all of these things put together. And what was the goal? Well, it was just a remember. It was just a seed they planted. And what happened? Well, all of a sudden, over time, over the course of four years, we went from a society that was fully engaged in the idea that we are Americans first and that we stand by our fellow Americans and that I have conversations in RV parks and we hang out and we drink beer to my wife and I actually having to develop a statement, a declaration to people who want to engage us in topics that we don't give two shits about. I remember how it all changed. I never, when we first started RVing in 2017, you didn't talk about politics. You talked about how great the weather is. Who's, where's the party going to be? Uh, where are you from, right? How many grandkids do you have? And in a very short amount of time, by 2019, we were defending ourselves saying, hey, listen, I don't talk about politics or religion. I want to talk about important stuff like grandkids and how great life is. I don't know about you, but if you really think about it, how the hell is it that we, in in less than five years, we've come to this point in our society where you don't talk to people in the grocery store. You just walk past them like they don't exist. You want to know what the downside of that is? There's a good chance you're so consumed by all the craziness that's going on in the world that you don't really have time to actually decipher who you are or what you believe. Is that by accident? I don't think so. Remember, you control the mind, you control the man. They've got us scared, right? They've got us concerned. They've got us feeling a whole lot of mistrust for a whole lot of people. My question to you was, when the, when the water does start boiling, when all hell does start to break loose, and we see our democracy failing because of propaganda and this long-term strategy to just turn the heat up a little bit, get a little steam going, make them comfortable, keep them distracted... How many of us really know when it's time to jump out of the pot? I'd love to hear from you if you if you're okay with that whole microphone thing I suggested. And if you uh if you want to let me raise your kids, I'll do that from a distance too. We can zoom or whatever, but I'll spend time with your children and I'll I'll teach them to be how you'd want them to be or maybe maybe not. Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure there are a number of people who've tuned into this and said, he is full of shit. This is crazy, right? Well, let's really think about it. How did we get to the point that we allow a microphone in our house? It wasn't just, hey, here's a microphone you're going to put in your house. No, it was an idea. How did we get to the point that it's okay for our children to have access to the world and the world to have access to our children? Because let's face it. There is a reason those ads keep popping up. There is a reason they track where we go and what we do. There's a reason why they want to hear what we have to say. Do you suppose it's to make your life better? Do you suppose it's designed to make the world a better place to live? I don't know. I'll let you decide. Take a look around. How's, how's life going for you? How do you feel when you wake up in the morning and you, you turn that television on and you look at the news or you start buying off on any idea that you just can't seem to get out of your head? Yeah, they did it. Yeah, they're the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, don't talk to people. Oh, you're probably a Trump supporter. Oh, you're probably a, a Democrat. I can tell by the way you walk. Oh, it ain't my business in this, in this woke society. All I know is that something's coming.
Something's happening, and there's a reason it's happening. Do you think it's going to get any better? I'm looking around, and I got to tell you, it is for me, because the one thing I got going on that the rest of the world doesn't seem to be able to figure out is, guess who I'm focused on? I'm handling my business. I'm taking care of what I need to do to wake up every day excited about the shit I'm doing. I ain't buying off on the idea that debt is freedom. No, debt is debt. I ain't buying off on the idea that the ultimate asset to happiness and success is a big house, a big mortgage, a bunch of debt, all that crap you have in the garage and no time to do any of the things you love to do. How did it happen? There you were, 14, 15 years old. You got these ideas and you had all these dreams about how amazing your life's going to be, all the things you're going to do. And guess what happened? It kind of creeped up on you when you got your first job. The first thing you did was go out and get in debt for a car. And, you know, that wasn't too bad. Of course, you have to work now. But, you know, it wasn't bad. And then and then the next step was, you know, you get in a relationship. And, of course, they have the same ideas you do. They were indoctrinated into the same concepts as you. Oh, yeah, the, the house is definitely going to make us happy. Waking up every day on Saturday, not being able to go fishing because we got to mow the lawn and we got all day. We've got six hours of housework because we had to have the big house, right? You couldn't have a little house because a big house is success, right? Not a, not a little house. And then and now you are where you are. You wake up every day at five o'clock in the morning and you do what you do. Not because you love it, but because, well, what other choice do you have? You do want to know the motivation for this in case you're wondering why I'm coming at you so hard. It's because I, you know, I look at the numbers and I, I know in my own life that things are Things are working out for me. I continue to move forward in a direction that improves the quality of my life. And in part, that's because I realize I only have control over me. It's unfortunate the world doesn't understand that. It's unfortunate that this is such a difficult concept to understand. But if you ever wake up and you're sitting there scratching your head and you're thinking, God, I wish today was already over, that might be an indicator that the life you're living isn't nearly as amazing as you've convinced yourself it is. The only question you have to ask yourself then is, do I have the courage to actually find a new path or am I willing to go ahead and live the rest of my life chasing a dream that isn't even mine? There's definitely a reason you don't want me to put a microphone in your house. And there's also a reason you don't want me to raise your kids. That's something to keep in mind when you see the steam rising. Don't get all upset. Don't get all don't get all tied up in a knot because of anything I've said. Because the truth is, I'm just thinking out loud. I just wake up every day and I see these things. And I, like you, I wonder, why is this happening? And this is just my, my take on what might be going on. Take it or leave it. It's certainly not going to change my life because, well, I'm rocking it. You want to wake up every day energized and excited about the things you have going on in your life. Might I suggest that you step away from all the noise just long enough to figure out who you are, what's really going on around you, what is the difference between truth and fiction, how the actions and the choices you take every day truly benefit you? I mean, just just a thought. As I've said before, I really appreciate your support. I appreciate the shares and the likes. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing because it makes my life better. And once again, I will invite you to, to, to come along on this journey. Uh, go back, listen to some of my previous podcasts. There's a lot of information about relationships, about how to figure out where you're going, how to achieve goals. And it's all based on one thing. 
When we make the world better for other people, the world becomes better for us. Until next time, my name is Chris Hawkins, and this is your Best Life Defined.